Hi, my name is Sam Civarella. Today, I'll be talking to the hilarious Jacob Seidman, who's going to tell us about a <clears throat> uncomfortable moment from his teen years. Enjoy. Let's get personal. So I lost my virginity when I was 16 to a boy I barely knew because I thought I was mature enough for the experience of sex and ready to check it off my life to-do list. When I was growing up, uh, at the time, gay wasn't as in or as accessible as it is now. So my friend Sarah did what any good friend would do, introduced me to the one other gay guy she knew, Bradley. You know, because gay plus gay equals perfect match, duh. Brad and I hung out a few times, mostly driving around town, going through the drive through at Steak and Shake, finding random empty parking lots where we could make out in the backseat of my Honda Civic. <laughs> One night, Brad invited me to come to his house. You know, I, I don't know what I expected my first time to be like, but everybody else was having sex, so I figured I could try it too. When I arrive at his house, he texts saying his parents are home and he doesn't want them to know I'm there. You know, at the time, being a secret makes you feel sexy and special. Now as an adult, I realize being a secret just means you were convenient. Anyway, Brad throws down a fire escape ladder and up I go through his window into his bedroom like an episode of Clarissa Explains It All. <laughs> he sets the mood by popping in a VHS porn tape but I totally missed the memo that this was the foreplay portion of the evening. And I just sat there awkwardly watching it like it was a French arts film. Hmm. <laughs> well, a few minutes of that scheme not working out for him. He lays me down, starts kissing me, and after a few very quick moments, looks at me and says, and what I assume was his best VHS porn voice, do you want me to fuck you? <laughs> but at like, I, I don't know what I expected. But this is not the Hollywood rom-com I was promised. I mean, now you know why the movie ends before the guy's doing her from behind with her head shoved in a pillow. I mean, come on, Hollywood, give us realistic expectations. But instead of saying any of that or running away, I just looked up at him and said, yeah. We both quickly get undressed. He pumps out a handful of jurgens and he's ready to go. And then, well, I just laid there because I didn't know what else to do. Look, I, I don't know what I expected, but no rom-com prepared me for being a human sex toy. Luckily, it didn't last long. I quickly redressed, went out the window, down the ladder, into my car, and I never heard from him again.
Jacob Seidman. Hi, Sam. Oh my God, this just feels like it's been meaning to happen. I you know. and me together virtually. <laughs> doing an interview for your piece for the uncomfortable show this is so exciting Uh, thank you for having me i'm so excited to do this i can't wait to interview you about this piece because (laughs) it's absurd (laughs) it's equal parts laugh riot and it's equal parts like dare i say sad at times yeah no it's sad (laughs) yeah no it is it is a coming of age story i think we can all relate to but there's pieces of it that um this catholic school girl definitely can't relate to uh but we'll dive into it so uh jacob this was your first it's personal show which actually shocked me because you came in you were like i i get this (laughs) well luckily i had seen a few shows in the past so i kind of knew what the vibe was Oh, amazing. Yeah. I mean, you definitely came in knowing the vibe. How was it doing a show virtually? Um, It was, well, it was different, right? It had good things. Like, I was like, oh, I can just be in my sweatpants. Like, (laughs) love that. Like, not having to worry about real life things on a stage. Yeah. I practiced it, not just in our rehearsals, gearing up for the show, but um, at the time, I was also doing virtual acting class on Zoom. So, like, they helped. And I had done the piece on stage before, just in my regular acting class, like pre-pandemic when we were still in the theater. So I had to really rework it for Zoom and figure out how to do some of the staging that I had done in real life that adds to the comedy of the piece so that the camera was in the right spot so that all of those things could happen so that I could move around but stay in the frame properly. It was really its whole rehearsal process, figuring out how to rework it for Zoom. And my God, did you ever, I mean, at one point, Jacob lays on his back, his legs go completely splayed up. It's just the physicality of this piece. It's like saying it on a podcast, it does not do it any justice to the amount of like hilarity you do physically in this piece. You could kind of hear it. Like if you just like like, close your eyes and listen to you say the words. The visual definitely adds to it. It really does. Otherwise, I'm just telling a story and people are like, that sounds uncomfortable. <laughs> You're like, yeah, that's why I'm doing it at this that's show. That's why we add the choreography. It makes it a little funnier. <laughs> we must have to lighten the load somehow. Yeah. <laughs> and so in the beginning, you sa- you talked about being gay and how it wasn't like in vogue uh, at the time. Where did you grow up? I grew up in central Illinois. And truthfully, I'm very lucky where I grew up. It wasn't an issue. It, mm-hmm. it wasn't like so beyond backwards. There were a lot of gay people in my high school. Me coming out was not scary or special necessarily. So I think in a way that's really lucky. But when I do say it wasn't so in back then in the early 2000s, early 2000s. Listen, you and me are in the same same boat there, friend. Don't worry. (laughs) You know, like, I mean, it certainly wasn't something I felt that I had to hide once I figured it out for myself. I was very comfortable being open and out and honest about who I was. But it it wasn't as accessible. There wasn't social media. There wasn't online dating. There wasn't a way to just go find other people who were in that same boat or relatable, except for the three other gay guys I knew from school who I weren't interested in dating. So where do you go from there? So that's the joke I make in the beginning of my piece is that I had a girlfriend who went to a different high school who had one gay friend and she was like oh you need to meet my gay friend because you know we're all young and naive and we're all 15 and 16 years old and it just makes sense like oh you're gay he's gay perfect match duh of course like that's how it works you know um 
so that was like, the boat I found myself in in that situation. Yeah, that that part made me laugh because it's like the gay plus gay equals perfect match. Was like I'm a Catholic school survivor, so like <laughs> my one gay friend very similarly were like, we don't know what to do with you. Like, right, we have to find another gay. Right, uh, right. Yeah, like that's how it works. Easy. Oh, that's actually that's very sweet though that you know it wasn't this you know crisis situation i'm really happy no i'm that. i'm very lucky it was there was nothing listen i was the last one to know so there was nothing <laughs> dramatic about it at all that's hilarious i love that i love when when there's like those coming out stories where everyone's like we knew yeah i was like you're not surprised and they're like no thank god you figured it out <laughs> i love that that sounds like a, it's personal peace for the future i love it so this, so you mentioned a little bit early 2000s, which leads me to my next question. Uh, when you, or my next statement, really, because uh, when you mentioned the fire escape ladder and the Clarissa explains it all moment, I don't even write anything in the questions. I just wrote that down because it makes me laugh every time I hear it. <laughs> and for those of you who are children listening to this and don't know, Clarissa explains it all. I had a friend, his name was Sam, right? Yeah. And he climbed in through her window. Through her window in every episode. He never used the front door. It was socially acceptable. I just figure, like, I mean, if you came through the front door, you had to talk to their parents. So you just went straight upstairs. That, that was my um, experience um, going to a boy's house for the first time. You say a se- it's fun to be a secret. It's sexy to be a secret until you realize. What was it? Yeah, was- being a secret feels... Being a secret feels special and like sexy and scary and exciting um for me I kind of grew up and realized that like oh being a secret just means that like if no one has to explain you then you are easily tossed aside or easily replaced because didn't matter nobody knew you know Mm. You've built in these beautiful levels where you riled the audience up and then you hit us with these truth bombs. And that's kind of the first one where you're like, we're going to laugh, but please know this experience was... Not just funny. <laughs> yeah, not just funny. Um, and now we're moving back into the the highs because my next uh, quote that I pulled directly from your piece... I, I just love how you added in all of these fun, like, nuances of the age. And you say, the movie always ends before the guy's doing her from behind with her head shoved in a pillow. And all I wrote was, and I'm dead. <laughs> that is such a relatable line. Because agree or disagree we were so lied to by these films of our time my life did not turn out like never been kissed so i want my money back (laughs) that line is just it it resonates so hard because it's just it's the nitty-gritty of what these stories are that you were bold and brave enough to share with us like you just go right into the vulnerability and i and in such a comedic way now is like when we're we're steamrolling, like you're going full throttle, literally, into this this sexcapade experience, and then it's very abrupt. You know, you say like, "Thank God it didn't last long." Yeah, you left as you came silently down the fire escape through the window, <laughs> through the window, got in your car, and then Jacob. <laughs> what shocked me is you just that was it. That was the end of the piece. And I know this is from, like, a bigger piece. Like, we'll talk about your, like, one-man show in a minute. But it left me wondering, um, what was your moment after in that car? Um, 
you know, I, I truthfully, I don't remember. I mean, there was definitely a part of like, I was 16 years old and I was the last of my immediate friend group to lose their virginity. Mm-hmm. So like, there was a part of me that was like, poof, that's done, did it. But yeah, I mean, it didn't feel good. I mean, you know, now as an adult, many years later, you know, you have all kinds of experiences with people. You understand what a healthy relationship feels like. You understand what it feels like to want to be with someone, to want to see someone again the next day. And like, there was none of that. I don't want to say that I felt dirty because I I don't think it was that. But yeah, it wasn't like a, oh, I'm in love Mm -hmm. feeling. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was just sex. And I don't remember if it's in the version that I did for It's Personal. But now, right, when I look back on it now, I realize I was just a human sex toy. But that's that's truly what it was. And the other kid who I was with, who was also my age, so it's not like he was taking advantage of me. He was definitely at least somewhat more experienced than I was. Still, we're both 16, 17 years old. But I was just his human flashlight, which doesn't make you feel special. Yeah. But, you know, like, yeah, if I could go back in time and have a different experience for my first experience, yes, I would have done that. Uh, For me, it set an expectation of what relationships or what sex was supposed to be that wasn't healthy. Mm. Don't you wish you had that kind of like understanding at 16? (laughs) And there's so much content now. Like I watch a lot of television and movies and there's so much stuff I watch now. And I'm like, where was this when I was in high school? That's so insightful. And I mean, it's, yeah, it's true. Like you watch all like the teen movies now and there's always like these little gems of knowledge. Exactly. When I watch Sex Education on Netflix, I'm like, oh my God. There's like so many moments in that show where I pause it and I'm like, why is it helping me now? Why is it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time I said to my therapist, so listen, 90s movies, and she's like, oh my gosh, here we go again. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, so this is from your one-man show, Hashtag Commitment Issues. Yes, it's evolving. The, t- the title might be different now. I am terrible at making a title, which is where the title hashtag commitment issues came from. Because you can't commit to a title? Actually from our mutual friend, Kate Orlando, because she was helping me. And I was like, I don't know, I can't like, I can't commit to this hashtag commitment issues. And she was like, use that one. (laughs) It sounds like a Kate Orlando movie. (laughs) So, I mean, so yes, it was um, a piece that I wrote sort of in a one man show voice. But I actually built it out and there's five characters in the piece. So it's, I call it a one-man show with friends. So it sort of has this personal interaction with the audience, but then it breaks off into these sort of vignette scenes with other characters that help tell the story. And are you playing all the characters? No, they're other actors. Oh, fun. Some original music that my dear friend and creative partner took a couple of the monologues that I wrote. She turned them into songs so that there's music throughout. So yes, we were going to do it for the Fringe last year, which of course didn't happen. Mm. It's actually been almost a blessing in disguise. I've taken the time to rework it, to figure out what do I really want to say? What's really the purpose of this show? Um, So it's becoming a lot more truthful, Mm. which is exciting and also harder because you know you really have to like deep dive and figure out what you're saying and why that's such a nice positive way 
of looking at this whole Corona experience. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And what a, yeah, like you said, what a gift as like a writer, as a creator to just have the time to dive even deeper into the ooey gooey kind of of these stories. Like what is it and what, and what is the purpose? Totally. Well, and you know, I mean, this piece, the piece that I did for its personal is the first piece of the puzzle that I ever wrote Mm. and every the rest of it sort of stemmed from this and thank you for you said it thank you so much that the piece does have these ups and downs it's funny and then it gets kind of real and then it gets funny and then it gets honest I want the whole thing to be a continuation of that idea so I've been able to take the time and sort of dive into you know okay if I'm sharing my sexcapade stories if I'm sharing my dating stories, if I'm sharing my heartbreak, if I'm sharing my relationship ups and downs, why? Who cares? So it's given me the time to figure out what experience have I had? What insecurities have I do I have that I've developed? Um, why do I need to break through those insecurities and grow and build myself? And if I'm going to tell those stories, how can I do it in a way that maybe somebody else will see it? and go, oh, I get that you've flipped a light bulb for me. Cause that happens to me all the time when I watch things. Otherwise I'm just, you know, someone standing on stage being like, I had a lot of sex and then I have my heart broken and like really dating <laughs> sucks. And like, and everyone's like, yeah, duh, for everybody. So um, it's sort of given me the time to go really figure out like, what light bulb can I give someone and say, hey, I figured this out. It took me 15 years. Here's here's the shortcut. Yeah, here's the shortcut. That's, I love that. What a, that's so fun. That's such a fun way to look at it. Um, did anything surprise you on your like re-deep dive? Like did anything come up or like, did you add a story or a vignette into your piece that you were otherwise, if you had done it at Fringe over the summer, yeah. maybe wouldn't have made it in? A, a lot actually there's been a lot of of stories and they're not sort of organized fully yet but um but like there are moments of like okay i know i want to include this and i want to figure out how to get that in and there's a lot more just sort of like honesty of how i actually felt about a situation just being more even more personal Yeah, we love it here, and it's personal. <laughs> I know I've got I've got to come back and like do all these new vignettes that I'm I'm playing with just to figure out which ones work. Yes! Oh my God! Please keep doing stories where it's personal. Please, uh, I I think that's amazing and tremendous. I'm glad that you're able to still create and you're still finding you know that spark even through. 2020 and everything that it was and I mean what 2021 is slowly becoming I don't know why I thought I would wake up on the first and be like I I think we all did I know you know I mean luckily I whatever it is for everybody you know whatever their own thing is you've got to keep going you know and I do know a lot of people who who didn't and like that's fine that's their prerogative but for me it kept me sane and motivated and inspired this year was to adapt Let's figure out how to perform this on Zoom. You know, okay, great. This plan didn't go as planned. You know, the, the show, the Fringe, it didn't happen. Um, one of the Fringe was doing this great, like, virtual cabaret thing. So one of the songs we recorded, I texted all, the, there was, like, 15 guys in this one song, which when we were going to do it on stage was going to be all pre-recorded and called 15 people and was like, hey, record this word, record this line, record this word. And, you know, we adapted, we changed. Otherwise, it just defeats you. 
And that's what kept me going this year was cool. Like (laughs) everything's changing. Let's figure out how to change with it and be on top of the new game. I love that. I mean, scream it louder for the people in the back (laughs) because I think it's important to remember that we, we can adapt, you know, you can do whatever you want. Like you said, whatever's your prerogative, but at the end of the day, especially for those of us who are still independent artists at the moment right? We're still making our own, right? Is, is that a nice way to say that? I just made that up off the top of my head. I um, love independent <laughs> artists. I, I suddenly am like, should I get my 1099 to say yeah. independent artist? Cute. I love it. <laughs> you know, we're still building our own. We're still creating our own content. We're collaborating with our people. You know, we don't have studio budgets behind us and things like that yet. <laughs> yet. But for me, I sort of looked at evolving throughout this year as like, oh, the playing field's different now? Cool. I'm going to be on top of the new playing field. I think all of us who are in that sort of independent artist headspace who are used to sort of taking and achieving what we want, because we're not in a place yet where it's all just coming, be auditions and bookings, and we're not, I'm not there yet. We're the ones who, when the world changed and we had to be scrappy in a different way, we're like, okay, cool, great. I can do that. I'm already scrappy. I just have to do it a different direction. I love that so much. And every time someone says scrappy, I just think of Hamilton. (laughs) Is that bad? I just can't. I'm like, I'm young, scrappy, and hungry as well. (laughs) Shout out to Lin-Manuel Miranda for living rent-free in my brain all the time. All day, yeah. I love so much beautiful insight. I love that. And now I'm going to completely turn the tables. Uh, I have one final question for you uh, today. What's something that makes you uncomfortable that's kind of embarrassing that you don't tell people? I'll go first to give you an example of what I mean. Like for me, fish make me extremely uncomfortable. Like live ones or eating them? Yeah, both. No, like I'll eat a fish. It's my personal revenge. My biggest, like if you're like, how do I scare Sam? You would throw me into a pool and just dump a bunch of fish in it and like prepare for me to just lose all sense of self. Like I will lose my mind. So what makes you uncomfortable that's as pathetic as fish? I'm trying to think. I, okay, I have one and I can't, I'm going to say it on, I can't believe I'm going to say it in public because I actually try to not tell people. So you might have to delete this whole recording after, because if anyone listens to this, they're going to just, um, I don't really like, like house pets, like cats and dogs. (laughs) I was so nervous about what you were going to say and that it was just cats and dogs. No, if you tell somebody that you don't like dogs, they look at you like you said you you know, eat children for fun on the weekends. But I just don't, they make me very uncomfortable and I don't really like <laughs> What? There's so much to unpack here. I have a dog and I am not offended in the least that you, because my dog makes everybody uncomfortable, okay? All he does is scream at you. Like, he makes me uncomfortable. So what is it about, and now suddenly the podcast is going to be four yeah. hours long because I need to, <laughs> I need to unpack this. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I have some OCD issues and they like definitely go along with like cleanliness and hand washing and like, I'll talk to your dog from across the room all day long, but I just don't want to touch it. And I don't want it on my towel at the beach. Please. I I didn't ask you to bring your dog. I just asked you to come hang out at the beach. Like, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm telling you people, 
literally they're like what do you mean you like, I, i'm just telling you i don't like animals i'm like i'm sorry i don't want to play with it <laughs> my face my face hurts because i just like the way you set up this whole you're like i'm gonna get canceled oh. you're gonna have to delete the recording i was like Oh my god! Like, what was he about this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I'm like, I I'm gonna get fired for asking this question, and then you came out. You're like, I don't like house pets. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. Like cancel culture in this country. Listen, I know, take right? no prisoners. Instagram, Jesus. Imagine you just start getting like hate mail on your Instagram. It's like, Jacob, I heard your podcast on It's Personal and my dog Fluffy and I are super offended. See, like, but like, I wouldn't be surprised. And I'd be like, I'm sure Fluffy is beautiful and I will totally blow Fluffy kisses from across the room <laughs> and talk to her. I just like don't really want to cuddle with her. Oh my God, that's so funny. And wow, what an amazing way to end this episode of the podcast. <laughs> I've never been so embarrassed and uncomfortable in my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> my like stupid laugh is just going to be so offensive to everybody's ears this whole end of the podcast. I'm so sorry, but I can't. Just cut it. Just cut it before you get here. No, me putting, this is it. Me throwing open my legs on Zoom for the performance and talking about losing my virginity. I do that all day long. This makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> Jacob, thank you so much for all of your vulnerability, especially at the tail end here. We really appreciate you deep diving into your personal space and letting us into this uh, special, special part of the hidden places of Jacob Seidman. They're like, people are going to be like, well, he's not that deep. Yeah. I mean, I hope they're as nervous as I was going into it and then delightfully reassured that it's going to be okay. And also, like, sorry, it's just like when people are like, see, like, send you unsolicited pictures of their kids. Great. It's a baby. And I got one this morning where it was like this baby was like in this blanket where it couldn't move its arms and it was crying. And I'm like... it seems to me the baby is upset because it's in... In distress. In distress. And I have to... And, like, I mean, it's a group chat with my mom. So she's like, oh, my God, the baby's so cute. And I'm like, mom, it's in danger. You're allowed to not like house pets. I don't like babies. <laughs> I just want to make you feel better. Like, at least yours is pets. Mine that. are humans. So... <laughs> I appreciate that. Oh, I can't wait, Jacob, until you and I are sitting at a coffee shop or somewhere where there are no dogs or children around and we could just commiserate about this. I think we have a lot in common. We might have to get this at the end of this episode, like, tested. Like, what, what they, what's the word where, you know, like... Uh, like, like, the demographic test or whatever. Like, demogra- oh, like Yeah, before um, you release it. Yeah, to yeah. see, like, the taste tank or whatever it's called. Like, did yeah, you exactly. like this like, episode? To... Karen's canceling us immediately. White women could not be more pissed about the end of this episode. We hate babies and dogs and cats. We're done. Jacob, we're right. out of here. We're so toast. Hopefully they don't listen. They they definitely won't like the anal sex monologue then either. So, I, well, let's listen. I loved it. So this white woman approves. Uh, Jacob, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This has been more fun than I could have ever imagined. Uh, I hope you come back and tell more stories because it is such a treat and such a treasure. Thank you. Thank you. This All is right. great. Have a beautiful day. You too. Bye. 
It's Personal is a live storytelling show with a twist. You can find tickets to future shows in the 2021 season at itspersonalonstage.com or in the link in our Instagram bio at itspersonalonstage. While you're on our website, take a second to catch up with our blog. Sign up for a class or two, invest in a membership, and explore our store for the most amazing merch you've ever seen. Come on, now everybody loves merch. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.